first message this afternoon is from Mr. David Hope. His message is entitled, Itching Ears. Thank you, Mr. Kolb. Good afternoon, everyone. Good to see everyone here. I'm going to uh, get a little water poured up in case I need it. You know, when you start preaching about hellfire and brimstone, you know, it gets a little hot. That ain't my purpose. Not at all. You know, for years, and those of you who have been around for a long time, realize that the Tulsa Church of God has asked, you know, for input for a lot of time, you know, a lot for uh, messages, you know, content for messages. Uh, a number of us have looked at the box over there and have picked out some that we felt like we could preach about. We've also, as a church, asked for suggestions and, you know, ideas and things that will help us and enhance our church and our services. And uh, and we've been pretty successful. But here recently we had... Uh, had a really good turnout. We had a lot of uh, comments, a lot of input on, you know, suggestions of things that we, the church can do. And, um, you know, at, and at, some people will call it a brainstorming. You know, you take a lot of big companies, big businesses, uh, they'll have brainstorming. And uh, years ago, I was interested in uh, marketing and advertising, and, and I took some classes and courses. and. And one of the things we'd do, you'd get together and have brainstorming. We'd have suggestions, ideas, and the rule was there's no bad uh, comments, there's no bad suggestions, even though they may sound erroneous. <laughs> but you'd put them in a pot, you'd look at them, and once in a while, even the ones that, that appeared at first didn't, didn't look like it'd be a good idea, it would be the ones sometimes, you know, hit the jackpot and they do well. And, uh, but anyway, uh, we had a number of them. We've got one that I'm going to discuss a little bit, and there's, there's positive and negative about it. Uh, I'm going to talk about it in uh, the terms of, uh, well, we'll see what the terms will be. Uh, I'll discuss one. I don't, don't know who put it, and I don't really care to know. Uh, and this is not meant when, when I take, it sound like, maybe sound like I'm taking a little bit of an exception to some of it. But if I am, that's my, my impression, my, my opinion. And uh, uh, I'm going to hit on a couple of them. Uh, and it goes something like this here. Isn't that Jerry Keller or somebody says this here? And it goes like that. Uh, talking about the quality of our sermons and our messages. Sermons, what they would like is sermons that are uplifting and inspirational. And we can go along with that. I think all of us can do that. Instead of condemning, or critical, or heavy on doctrine, please encourage me with Bible stories and verses and hopeful scriptures to help me with my life and my weekly struggles. We can all identify with that. But sometimes we need a little bit more than that, and, and I think even today, uh, my guess would be our, our second message is going to be very uplifting, very beneficial, just, just from what I see of the title of it. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing that. One thing, if you haven't been around too long, uh, you, you look at our schedule, and, and uh, we have 11 
don't even have enough fingers to count. Eleven men that speak on a regular basis here in the Tulsa Church. So if you don't like the, the content of one type of person, we try not to get into the same type of message all the time, be stereotyped, you know. And, and I've, uh, I know I've been at times where I would give certain types on marriage and relationships and things of that nature to the point that people would even nickname me Dr. Love, you know. And I thought, well, maybe it's time I switch off and get into something else and do a few other things, and, and I do. Uh, but anyway... Uh, if you don't like what the messages are, come, come every week, you know, for a while, and I guarantee you'll like some. And, and uh, we've got some fabulous speakers here, young men and older men both. Uh, you know, I am very, very pleased, and I, I think I gain from every speaker. Generally, I can get one point out of it. And, uh, but on the point of... Uh, if you only, if you only want feel-good messages, and I don't think anybody hears that way, and I'm not accusing anybody in any way, but for those that, you know, out in la-la land that want only feel-good messages, tune in to Joel, o Joel Osteen on TV. He has feel-good messages. And uh, I've, I read some deals on the Internet here a while back that someone had sent about some of his messages and what he says, what he, his attitude is, and I can't vouch for it as 100%. I tried to document it. I tried to go back and see if this is true, because that don't sound right, like a, you know, a preacher preaching the, the God's Word, the Bible. It just didn't sound right to me. I didn't personally see, and I didn't take much time, so it may or may not be there, but uh, went in quite a bit of detail, and... Joel Osteen, if this article is correct, was scolding the Apostle Paul and some of the other ministers and apostles for being negative to the gay movement, the homosexuality. Very, they scolded, they said he needs to apologize. Paul particularly mentioned some of the others. They need to apologize for their comments and their remarks, and they should not be allowed to be in the Bible. Whether that's true, I, I can't really say. Maybe I shouldn't even say it if I can't totally document it. But sometimes where their smoker is fire. I have a few scriptures. I don't have a lot, but uh, it's covering quite a bit in the scriptures I do. And like I've said many a time, I said here a while back, some of the subject that we men choose to speak about, it, it's like going to a garage sale on a motorcycle. You heard me say that not long ago, you know, because on a motorcycle you don't have much room to haul stuff on, but boy, can you see all these goodies that you can get a good deal on, you know. And the same way with, with some subject, there's so many topics, I mean, so many uh, references and cross-references and examples, there's no way that you could bring them out and put them in a sermon. You'd have to have a booklet or, or maybe a, a large article to do it. And this subject is no different. There's, there's just so many scriptures you could use, but I'm pinning down to just a handful of them, and we don't have to go very far in the Bible to get them. First one I chose is 2 Timothy, third chapter. It 
2 Timothy 3rd chapter, verse 1 through 17. Know this also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetousness, or covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. In fact, I think just not long ago I mentioned some of this, some of the others have too. Uh, without natural affection, we, you know, we know where that goes, you know, some of the deviant uh, sex behaviors, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fearers, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. And once in a while, I made mention here a while back, sometimes I'll go to the Living Bible, not for doctrine, but just, just sometimes it helps the story flow and puts it in our modern English. And I don't recommend anybody trying to make their doctrine out of that, but, but I read some of this in the, the Living Bible. And, and, and for you know, younger people that, that aren't familiar with the, the these and the thou, the washed and the wits and all that stuff, you know, sometimes it makes it a little easier to read. But I still recommend, for the most part, uh, uh, you know, the older versions. Verse 6, For this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive Silly women laden with sins, and this makes it pretty clear in that one too, led away with divers' lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as James and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth, men of corrupt minds, reprobate concerning the faith. And I'm not saying anybody in context of what, I, what I'm talking about. I'm not saying that this pertains to anybody, but just uh, people overall. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs was also. But you have fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, and patience. So Paul's saying, you know, you know me pretty well. Persecutions, and how many persecutions did he have? You know, we, we go on and on about that. Afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra. And it's, it's interesting to see when he would go and he'd get kicked out of town, you know. You're, you know, town's not big enough for me and you both, you know, so to speak. And uh, what persecutions I endured. But out of them all the Lord delivered me. Verse 12. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ shall suffer persecutions. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And it's pretty bad when even our young people now, you know, some of our second and third generation of our family says, hey, man, this is a lot worse than it was when I was a kid. You know, I've got kids now in their early 50s and some of them still in the 40s. And uh, when they're saying this is a lot worse than it was <laughs> when we were growing up, because we used to tell them, oh, well, when I was a kid, you know, it wasn't near this bad. This is really bad. This is, you know, 20, 30 years ago when we were saying that. Now the young kids are saying that. I say young kids. Anybody under 60 is young to me. But uh, anyway, but things are getting worse. But continue you in the things which you have learned and had been assured of, knowing of whom you have heard them. You know, we, we, you know, Timothy had learned these things from Paul and some of the others. 
uh, verse 15, and that from a child you have known the holy scriptures, and what were the scriptures? Basically, it was the Old Testament at that time. You have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And listen to this. All scripture, that's to us now, Old and New Testament both, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for D-O-C-T-R-I-N-E, doctrine, heavenly doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, where that's being, you know, happy mood, encouraging, you know, it, it's all beneficial. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished into all good works. I will go on, we'll just continue on just a little bit further into chapter 4, Second Tim, uh, Timothy chapter 4. I have to see what my time is so I know if I need to digress or not digress so much. And I'm trying to figure out what those lights back there mean. So if I get, get going a little, now if we teach you what the lights mean, then you look back there and say, huh, oh good, it's about over with, or, or whatever. But uh, i, I got to figure it out myself. Rick has tried to teach me, but uh, anyway. 2 Timothy 4, verse 1 through 5. I charge you, and here, here's kind of like an order talking to the young minister. I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge and quicken the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. You know, whether it's holy day season, whether it's not, whatever the situation is, whatever the climate is in the country at the time. You know, if, if, if we think we need to uh, speak about a certain thing because the environment around us, you know, be instant. Be ready to do that. Speak from the Word of God. Instant and season out of season. Reprove, one of the things we can do. Rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering, and doctrine. You know, we've got to do doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap unto themselves itching, or, or teachers, having itching ears, and uh, I don't think it was that bad, but you know, you're familiar with the scriptures, uh, one of the guys said, well, I'm of Paul, and I'm of Apollos, and I'm of somebody else, and I like this minister, and I like that one. Uh, I, I don't know how bad they were. I don't think they were in any heresy back when he was talking to that. Everybody does. It, it is easier to listen to certain speakers than it is others, you know. Uh, if, if you're a real technical person, and, and you like to research and all that, most likely you're going to really be glued to somebody like that. Uh, if, if you're somebody who just wants to get to the point, you think, well, why don't you just get on with the story? But anyway, it's, it's a little easier to, to hear certain speakers for different personalities, and that's why we have 11 of us. And uh, sometimes uh, whoever makes that schedule gets tired of us, and they send us off to another church area and <laughs> put us out there, and maybe we'll get stoned by them. No, not really. Steve didn't do that. Lawrence didn't do that. But I, I think a lot of us enjoy going out to the church areas. Uh, uh, I, I personally do. But anyway, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Oh, I read that. But have itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth 
and shall be turned into fables. But watch you in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of your ministry. Now I'm going to go backwards in this, uh, back to 1 Timothy now. 1 Timothy, uh, 4th chapter, verse 1. See how far I'm going in that. that way. Now the Spirit speaks expressly, and he mentioned this other, in that other chapter a while ago, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. And here's some of the things that they're teaching. And I'm not going to go into explaining some of this. Uh, I have in the past, some others have. And uh, just kind of give a test. If, 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 if you know how to explain all of this, you know, in a nutshell, somebody from the outside of church, you know, comes up and they have objections, you're doing fine. But if you don't, maybe you ought to study doctrine a little bit. And if I'm not as good at it as I need to, maybe I need to brush up on uh, that part of the doctrine. And here's some of the things that they're teaching. Forbidding to marry. Know anybody that, any church organizations or anyone that forbids certain marriages? And condemning to abstain from meats which are created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. And here's a tickler, boy, they, you know, some of the other people really get into this, and they, they put the Bible on you on this one, you know, this whole verse here, this whole thing. For every creature of God is good. You know, all the pigs and the snakes and the skunks and all this stuff, all the rats, all this stuff is good. You know, every creature of God is good, so they say, and nothing to be refused. You, you self-righteous thing, you don't eat pigs and you don't eat camels and, you know, and rabbits and all that. You know, hadn't you ever eaten a squirrel? You know, they taste good if you cook them right, soak them in salt. That's, some of them will tell you that. Uh, if it be received with thanksgiving. So all you have to do is say thanks over your food and it's clean. It's good to eat. I see some people out here scoffing. and yeah, Anyway, but can you explain these things? This is just one of many, many things as far as our dietary uh, concern. For it is sanctified, see this, it's sanctified by the word of God in prayer. Very simple, you know. All you have to do is pray about it and it's sanctified by God. Is that true? I don't see the hands that agree with that. No hands, okay. But can we, can we explain it very well, okay? If you put the brethren in remembrance of these things, you shall be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Nourished up in the words of faith and good doctrine, whereunto you have attained. Verse 7, but refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself rather to godliness. So there's some things that's just really needless to get into and get into a running debate. For bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of eternal life, you know, the good parts, that is now and of what or that which is to come. And it sounds like Matthew's probably going to talk about something like that. I hope he does. His message sounds like he is. Sounds like it's going to be a very, very positive message. Uh, 
This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially those that believe. These things command and teach. Let no man despise your youth. You know, and we say that to some of our young people, you know, don't let anybody uh, put you down because you might be young, you know. We, some of our younger men are very well educated in, in the Word of God and very convicted and, and uh, you know, don't let anybody condemn you because of your youth. Now, if you preach heresy, yeah. <laughs> let no man despise your youth, but be you an example of the of the believers in the world in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, that's what we're doing, exhortation to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in you and in you, which was given to you, in this case, by prophecy, which with the laying on the hands of the presbytery, excuse me, Meditate on these things. Give yourself wholly unto them that your profiting may appear unto all. Verse 16. Take heed to yourself and to doctrine. Continue in them, for in, do, in doing this you shall both save yourself and them that hear you. So knowing the truth can make a big, big, big difference. Going to um, Hebrews 11 chapter and verse, uh, or chapter 4, Hebrews 4. I'm just breaking into thought again. And there again, I didn't know how much time I'd be digressing. Sometimes you get onto a subject, you start chasing rabbits, and then you run up something else out of the hole, and you start chasing it. And sometimes things can go on. You know, your Bible studies can be that way. And, and uh, I had to watch myself when I was preparing this message. I was thinking about. A couple other things. But anyway, uh, Hebrews 4, verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And I don't think I've ever seen a sword up close that's that sharp. I know a, a good, good butcher knife, you sharpen it up and try to shave the hair on your arm or on your leg or something, you know, you can really sharpen them good. Well, the, the word of God is, is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the moral and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So it, it's definitely good to have positive things. Positive things can really make us feel good and be motivation. But the Word of God is very, very powerful too. It can, and not only for correction, but you know, to keep us on the right track. Verse 13, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our professions. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are without sin. And here's a very powerful verse. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace 
that we may obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. Tremendous uh, help available for us. And some of you know very well the power of fasting, uh, how uh, fasting can absolutely turn life around for us at times. I had just uh, I had a whole bunch of other verses that uh, I could refer to, but I want I think maybe I'll take one more, but just a little bit of time. If it, uh, not not that I feel like I have to talk too much, but the kids are back there in the Sabbath school classes, and if I were teaching a class, which I'm not, uh, if I were teaching a class, I I would hate to uh, have to shut down and quit right then, you know, to get back to the other room, if, especially if I had something I wanted to to uh, get across, you know, and. And I know that the teachers are a lot like our speakers, you know. We have points a lot of times. Uh, sometimes they wonder if we're organized or not. I know Les Pope told me one time, he said, hey, by the way, David, where did the black horse go? <laughs> you know, but anyway, I wasn't very organized, and I'm a little better now. But anyway, but what I'm saying is uh, I would hate to be in the situation of our Sabbath school teachers back there and, and, and be under pressure to feel like they have to get out and get back in there and, you know how it is when you're talking about something, a conversation with someone, and you really want the people to know what you're saying, you know. You're talking about a situation where you come out to be the hero, you know. Boy, I just told so-and-so off, or I, I just showed them how smart I was on this certain situation, or I really made the day. Then someone comes up and interrupts, you know, and starts talking, or maybe the telephone. And how does that make you feel, you know, when you really can't finish what you're saying? Maybe that's an exaggeration, but that's how I would feel if I was doing a class and, and had to finish. So uh, if you have any jokes, we'll just tell jokes for a little bit. Not really. Not really. Uh, but I, I want to cover this one uh, last uh, set of scriptures here, uh, and, and I will finish after that. Titus, second chapter, 1 through 15. But speak you the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity and patience. So that's, that's quite, an, quite a mouthful for us older people, you know, that we, we've got to set a good example for the young people. That the aged, oh, I just read that. Uh, the aged women, and I've read this before, and, and I think, we're, we're very well qualified in these areas. The aged women, likewise, that they be in behavior as becomes holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the younger women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children. And it's really, you really need to feel honored if you're a, an older, excuse me, an older woman and you have some of the younger uh, maybe teenagers or younger women will come to you and talk to you and enjoy talking to you. Uh, that's quite an honor. And, and I'm sitting around the house a lot of times uh, right in the middle of a conversation one of my granddaughters will call my wife. And here I'm wanting to tell her about my day. I'm wanting to tell her about this. But, you know, she, she's talking about the granddaughters to them. And they actually even ask for suggestions. You know, that's, that's just unheard of for for young people nowadays. 
But, uh, and, and I listened, and like I said before, I've listened to my wife talk to some of the nurses when she was working this one job, and they had nurses coming in and, and working, and, and the wise counsel, and some of our other women, I've, you know, it, it's amazing how, how much our older women fulfill this scripture. Okay. I'm encouraged by it, really. <laughs> I'm trying to be positive. <laughs> no, I really am. I'm really encouraged with, with the quality of, of our older women. That they may, t- oh, I read that, love their children. To be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands. Uh-oh, get that word out of there. Mm. That the word of God be not blasphemed. Young men, likewise, to be sober-minded. In all things, showing yourself a pattern of good works in doctrine, showing uncorruptedness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say. Exhort the servants, and here he's telling uh, Titus, you know, here's one of the things that you need to do and how you run your church. Exhort the servants to be obedient to their own masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again, you know, not, not being argumentative, not prolonging or embezzling, but show, showing in all good fidelity that may be adorned the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously and godly in this present world. And we get sermons all the time, you know, about some of these things on how to encourage us to do the right thing, to keep up the good work. Looking for that blessed hope and righteous appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Boy, don't we have something fabulous to look forward to? And we have. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. And I think we are. We're zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise you.